Let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Let's read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. When the day of the Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Read with me. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Move, move faster, quicker, the scripture. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Before the last word comes, can you help me moving forward the slides so that I can get the flow? And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, sorry, Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Yeah. And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes, go ahead. Which verse we are in? Verse 10? Okay. Verse 10, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya joining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Verse 11. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful, wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said they are full of new wine. You know, there is so much is going on there. In these 13 scriptures, if you read along with us together, you know, we see so much is going on. One group of people seeking God. One group of people are receiving the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There is a crowd out there. You know, they did not understand what's going on. So in the book of Acts, we see mainly two different groups of people. Can you say two different? Two different groups of people. One group, people who are involved in the event, the 120 who gathered in the upper room. People who are involved in the event, 120 who were in the room, right there inside the room. It is essential for us to be in the room. There is nothing like being in the room. Have you ever tried just connecting online prayer? And I want to try that one day from home, connecting online prayer, how, online Sunday morning service to see how it goes. How do you feel like connecting online in virtual mode, connecting with Sunday morning service? You can do so many things, right? Yes? Have you ever tried? How many of you tried connecting virtual? You all tried. So you have the TV, you know, church service going on, and in the background, children screaming, and there is something is about to overflow in the stove, in the kitchen. You know, there is so much is going on, and you attend everything. You pay attention to so many things. And in between, you come and click the like button, right? Because you're, we want your presence to be noticed. So that's what is happening. People who are in the room, the experience is certainly different from the people who are standing outside. There is another group of people, they are standing outside. We call them as bystanders. 
bystanders and who are not at all involved in the event, who are not at all involved in the event. So these bystanders, bystanders, they were just marveling and they are amazed and they were responding to see what is going on inside the room, inside the upper room. So this morning I would like to title my sermon as The Bystanders of Acts 2. Can you say that with me? The Bystanders of Acts 2. Bystanders, this term simply means, are simply refers to people who are present there but they are not involved in the event. People who are present there and they are not involved in the event, they are not part of the event, but they are present there in the event where the event is happening. So they are the bystanders. They are all observers. They are all witnesses, but they are there. They are there, but they are not actively participating in the event. Only the 120 in the upper room, they were participating in the, in the event. That includes the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, the inner circle people who are moving around with Jesus Christ. But the bystanders were in the outside, in the outer circle, in the outer circle. So if you can put that picture there, you see there certain things going on there. What is happening in the inner circle is defined by some of the characteristics of the people who are there in the inner circle. What is really happening in the outer circle, the bystanders, is defined by some of the characters. I mean, this is not a, this is not a, a usual sermon. You would have never heard. Nobody would have ever preached in this way. You see outside, you see bystanders. Bystanders, they are standing and watching what is happening inside the inner circle because of their nature are some of their characteristics. That's what we are going to talk about this morning. And nothing happens there outside. They are all there in natural, but there is something happening inside that is supernatural. Can I hear an amen? Amen, just back me up, just help me up this morning. What is happening inside is what? Supernatural, but that's not happening. That's not the same thing happening that's outside uh, with the bystanders. So in order to happen, something to happen for them, they need to jump into the fire. Can I hear an amen this morning? Amen. So they need to just move into the fire. Otherwise, nothing else is going to happen. Nothing else is going to happen. In our lives at times for something to happen, it's all good that we stand outside and it's all good we stand outside as a bystander and watch. What's going on with Pastor Balan? Let's get into his Facebook and find out where he is right now. What is he doing right now? We all watch and we all observe. We all come to church and to see what is happening here. Now we have been, we had to happen, we happen to be bystanders for quite some time. If we ask you how many of years, how many years you are in this ministry, they say the five years, six years, ten years. I'm part of this ministry. Not, not may not be ten years, but at least four years, five years, six years. I'm part of this ministry. But you know, we happen to stand outside and watch what is happening. And here we see some of the people, you know, they are standing outside and watching. And what is required here is, listen to me, there should be a divine transition for those who are standing outside to come into the inner circle. Can you say inner circle? That's what we see here in Acts chapter 2. Those who are standing outside on that day of Pentecost, 
They were standing outside and watching what is happening with this 120. But you know what happened to them, those who were watching there? Peter started preaching the word of God, amen? And those who were standing outside, they were hurt in their heart with the word of God. You know, if the word of God is not hurting you, you're not receiving anything from God. If the, listen to me, if the word of God is not really hurting us, there is nothing is happening in our lives. And when Peter started preaching, they hurt to their heart and they received Jesus Christ. They were transitioned into the inner circle. Let's, let's take it further this morning. Let's talk a little bit about the outer circle. Which group are you in? Which group am I in? That's a question I want you to ask this morning. What's going on with the outer circle? As we see in this, uh, in this picture, there are many things that are happening there. Number one, Okay, I, didn't, I don't have a number there. Number one, confusion. And number two, fear. Which direction you go? Fear. And number three, okay, I think you are coming in the other way. Fear. And there is next something next to fear? Doubt. Okay, doubt. And then what? Mockery and amazement. This is what is happening among the people who are standing in the outer circle. I mean, this is interesting to know that they have all this inside of them. There is confusion, there is fear, there is doubt, there is mockery, and there is amazement. They're wondering what is happening. But whereas in this inside inner circle, what is happening? Obedience. They obeyed the word of God. And there is a great hunger and thirst for God. And we also see there is great unity, greater unity. So let's quickly spend a few minutes to see what's going on there. And the question that we need to ask, I need to ask is, which group are we in? Which group are we in? Amen? Amen? Okay, listen to me. You can read your Bible at home. Listen to me. Number one, what is that? Confusion. People who are standing outside, they got confused. You know, the Christianity, maybe at times it causes confusion to people. We carry so many questions in our mind. We have many confusions and many doubts from the word of God. As long as we stand at the outer circle and look at what is happening inside, there can be a lot of confusion. Let's read a couple of scriptures, Acts 2.5. Can you read Acts 2.5 and 6, I guess, if you have? And there were dwelling in Jerusalem, who are all? Jews, the devout men from every nation and every nation under heaven. That simply means how many, what are the nations that are named, that were named at that point of time from every nation under heaven, there were people. And what happened in verse six? And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were what? Confused, verse six says. And they were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. Every nation under heaven, they all came together there. And when this inner circle, they started speaking in tongues, they heard their own language is spoken. They got confused. So number one symptom or, uh, you know, the way to identify people who are standing outside is always confusion. Sometimes people come to us, you know, for prayer and say, Pastor, I'm always confused. I don't know what is right. I don't know what is wrong. I don't know what need to do I need to do and what I not to do in my life. I'm always confused. This morning, are you confused? 
Do you have confusion in you? Not sure, you know, which direction to go, where to go, what God wants me to do, whether in this church or some other church or this ministry or that ministry, or should I take this job or not? Should I move from this place or not? You know, always we have confusion in us. You see, people who are standing in the outer circle, the bystanders, they were all confused. But in the inner circle, absolute peace. There is no confusion. You know, this morning I want you to introduce the, 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 the inner circle that can be physically in a church, that can be physically, literally, or virtually, it can be inside of you. That inner circle. There is everything is going on outside, but inside you see a perfect peace. Four weeks before I was going through that in my life, everything is going on outside, but inside there is a perfect peace. All that I was looking for is, can I get some time to rest? Perfect peace. No fear, no worry. Perfect peace. You know, that's what God is looking for in your life. That's what you need to long for. Number two, let's move on. Number two, what do they have? They have, they all had fear. They all had fear. Acts 2.12, can you read with me? So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean where it's all going to end what is going to be the outcome of this when this is going to stop is it going to spread out is it going to affect us and if somebody the roman authorities if they come to know the jewish authorities the religious leaders if they come to know what is going to happen there was a great fear there was a great fear among you. If you have fear inside of you, it's not from God. It cannot be from God. If you have fear concerning your life, listen to me, concerning someone else in your life, concerning something that is about to happen to us, if we have fear inside of us, fear cannot be from God. Do we still live in fear? At times we are even afraid of the things of God. Exactly that's what is happening there. People who are standing as a bystanders, they were afraid of the things of God. When you speak to somebody and say that, you know, brother, you need to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. No, I am afraid of that. Brother, you need to start praying. God is calling you to, sister, God is calling you to join the prayer ministry you are a prayer warrior you need to spend more time in prayer you need to push on you need to push forward you need to pray for the souls perishing souls he says it's very difficult i'm so afraid because the devil will attack me directly the moment you start praying obviously the devil is not happy is the devil happy you think hello do you think the devil is happy when you start praying if the devil is not happy, then we have more prayer, more, more people coming for our prayer time. The devil is unhappy. And she will right away bring something at 9.30 when you get up, get ready to come to church. Right? Something will come. Or you will miss the bus. Or if you don't miss the bus, you take a wrong bus. You do either. Right? So you do either one of this. And finally, by the time you come here, prayer is over. And the devil is so happy. So how many of you are making the devil happy in on Sunday morning? Ladies? No, it's not ladies' prayer, right? Okay, it's not ladies' prayer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, know, I don't really know. Why. Whenever I think about prayer, I think about ladies. 
It happened. You said, praise the Lord? I thought, okay, you are the problem then. Because you say, praise the Lord, that's what you expect? No, okay. <laughs> Someone is praying? Somebody is praying. Okay. Right, so let's make the devil unhappy. He has to be defeated, amen? Amen, are you with me? Are we feeding the devil or are you feeding the, your souls? We are feeding our souls. We don't want to feel the, defeat the devil. When you allow fear inside of us, listen to me, you are feeding the devil. You are allowing the devil. How many of us are afraid to drive? How many of us are afraid to speak to some people? You know, you are entertaining the devil inside of you. Because Bible says very clearly, God has not given us the spirit of, I think somebody used that, Ashmi used that in the prayer this morning. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Let's read the scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. Can you read with me? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? power and of love and of sound mind if we have fear concerning anything in our lives this morning you better remove that fear or ask god to remove fear out of your life god doesn't want us to be to live in fear when you want to do something for god listen to me when you want to do something for god god doesn't want cowards god doesn't want people who are afraid of many things God doesn't want people who are afraid of cockroaches, afraid of lizards. How many of you are afraid of cockroaches and lizards? You know, you cannot be like that in the kingdom of God. Come on, amen? We need to be, you know, strong enough. God doesn't want cowards. God wants people like the 12 disciples. God wants people like the 12 disciples. They were not afraid. All the 12 disciples went to different parts of the globe and they gave their life for God. They were not afraid. They were not afraid. People who are put in prison for the sake of God, they are not afraid. People who have gone through persecution, they are not afraid. You know, this morning, we are not afraid. Are you with me this morning? Church, are you with me this morning? Amen? Church, if you are afraid, you cannot do anything for God. We will limit God. We will restrict God because fear restricts God. That doesn't mean that I'm saying you to do, go and do out of, out of the order and try to do something else in a, in, in a different way. I'm not saying that. We are afraid of many different small things in our lives. This requires courage. To do something for anything for God, this requires courage. This requires stamina. This requires your ability. This requires it take you to take decisions and move forward in the kingdom of God. How many years you are praying for Holy Spirit? I want to ask that question to you. How many years you have been praying for Holy Spirit? You need to take and make it a point and bring it to an end and say, God, if you are not anointing me, I will not leave from this place. God, if you are not anointing me, I'm not going to eat anything. I give everything that I have in my life to you. Anoint me. He will do it. He will do it. But if you just take things lightly and say that if it is your will, you are not, I will not open my mouth. I will not lift up my hands. Better you find another church. I'm telling you, this church, you are required to worship the Lord. This church, you are required to praise the Lord. This church, you need to move along with the move of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You know, God is looking for such people who can stand for him. The third thing that they had is doubt. Acts chapter 2, 12, can you read me? So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? They were all doubting whether it's a move of God. 
because they had never seen such things in their lives. Are we doubting the Holy Spirit? Are we doubting the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Are you doubting the speaking in tongues? If you doubt, you will never get it. That's simple as that. If you feel that it's not existing, it's not existing for you. But if you push on, if you believe, if you trust in God and say that God, you said Lord God, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm here willing and obeying, then God will anoint you. Are we still doubting the words of God? Can you come with me to James chapter 1 verse 6? But let him ask in faith. Read with me. With? No doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. You read the scripture, right? What does it mean? What does it mean? It says, if we doubt God, you see the sea algae that are floating on the sea water, they will never stop floating. They will never stop being tossed here and there. They will go from this direction and they will go to the other direction. If we doubt in any of the work of the Holy Spirit, that's how we are. That's how we are. We can never settle down. We can never receive the blessing of God. We can never receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And they were all doubting, standing together and doubting. Even after coming to this church, even after worshiping the Holy Spirit, even the worship team is leading us to pray in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You stand and doubt there. What are they speaking? What are they saying? If you doubt, you will doubt for, well, that's what the scripture says, I'm tossed by the wind. It's driven and tossed by the wind forever. Forever. Never the doubt will stop. You know, this morning God wants us not to doubt. Let's go further. Mockery, they started mocking at these people. Acts chapter 2.13, others mocking said, they are all full of what? New wine. And I'm sure wine will not give this anointing of the Holy Spirit. If wine gives you anointing of the Holy Spirit, we will direct your path to somewhere else. Wine cannot give you ability to speak in tongues and praise God in an unknown language. They were just mocking at people of God. They were just mocking at people of God. There are many scriptures I did not put there. Bible says very clearly, do not mock at the Holy any sin that we commit is forgiven, but anything you say against the Holy Spirit is not. Do you know the scripture? Do you know the scripture? The way some, are, some of you are looking at it, I think it's a surprise. There is a scripture, if anybody can find that. If there is a scripture that says that if you mock, if you speak anything against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. That simply means the blood of Jesus cannot wash that sin because it is directly against the God. Children of God, do not say anything. If you don't know, keep quiet. Do not say anything against the Holy Spirit. Do not say anything against the people of God who are moving in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's easy to market people. It's easy to market, you know, we see televangelists or people of God who are moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's easy to market them because God works through people like you and me. God works with our own personality. God works with our own style of doing things. So there are different ways different people minister. Do not market them. 
I never market people. If I find that there is something wrong, I tell people in a required situation. Maybe it looks like it's not the right thing. Just do not follow. But do not market them. And if you don't like somebody, this is my best advice that I can give you. If you don't like somebody, just move away from them. Do not watch them. If you don't like somebody, do not go to that church. Go to another church so that you will not get into that punishment. You will not get into the curse of mocking at somebody, mocking who is anointed by the Holy Spirit, mocking at them. You know what the Bible says? Can you read with me Proverbs 24, 16? For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Even if a minister of God is falling in sin, even if a minister of God is faltering in his promises, or he's doing something else that doesn't please you, where is the scripture? Please put that back. Yeah, for a righteous man, you know, he is in the ministry, he is anointed because he is found righteous. Not by you, not by me, but by God. We need to be very clear. Whoever it may be. Or they may, be even, they may not even talk about anointing of the Holy Spirit. They may just lead people into salvation. They may do crusades or they may do miracle crusades. Whatever they do, let them do what God asked them to do because we don't have any clue of what they are doing. Because they are found righteous. And if they are righteous, even if they fall seven times, they will get up and run. You will be sitting there and just watching and mocking. You lose the grace of God. You will lose the grace of God. People who are in there as a bystander standing there outside, they were just mocking at what is happening inside. Finally, what they were doing, they were all amazed. Do you ever wonder what is going on in your life? Do you amaze and wonder what is happening in my life, God? Let's read the scripture, Acts 2, 7. Then they were all, what? Amazed. And they marveled, they perplexed, they were wondering, saying to one another, Look, are all these who speak Galileans? But how come they could speak in different language? It is an unknown way of revealing the mystery of God. It is an unknown way of speaking to God because speaking in tongues is also a prayer language. There are five different types of languages that God wants you and me to speak. Forget not, not only our, our own mother tongue. We can speak. God enables us to speak in the language of God. God enables us to speak in the language of paradise. God enables us to speak in the language of angels. God enables us to speak in different tongues, unknown tongues. God also enables us to speak in known tongues of another language. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how the Spirit of God works. And they were all amazed. They were all amazed. Where are you right now? Where do you stand? Do you stand as a bystander? Or do you stand inside in the inner circle? Where do you stand? Acts 2.12 again. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? They had no clue of what is happening inside. Spirit of God works in three different ways. Number one, Spirit of God is everywhere. He's everywhere. He's inside the dance club. He's inside the bar. 
He is everywhere. Are you with me? Holy Spirit is everywhere. Every nasty place that you can name on the face of this earth. Spirit of God is there, right there. How many testimonies you hear saying that I was just drinking in the bar. I was watching a girl dancing there. I heard a voice. Where that voice came from? It's the Spirit of God. Prompting him, saying that what you're doing is sinful. Get out of that place. I just left everything there. I just came out of that place. I found a place where I could belong. And I went to a church. The pastor spoke to me. He prayed for me. And he baptized me. I am a new creation. How many testimonies we hear? Spirit of God is everywhere. The moment you receive Jesus Christ, Spirit of God comes inside of us. John chapter 14. He talks about the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. The abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. Some of the churches teach that you already have Holy Spirit. You don't receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit because you already have. That is very true. You already have the Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? Is that clear? I'm just teaching. You already have the Holy Spirit. Without Holy Spirit, you cannot say, you cannot say even God. You cannot say even Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit inside of you. Those who are saved, you already have the power of the Holy Spirit. You already have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Because it is an abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. But that's not enough. Jesus was asking the disciples, go and wait in the upper room. For what? They already had Jesus. When they had Jesus with them, they had Holy Spirit. They had God the Father with them already. But Jesus said, you go into the upper room, wait. For what? The Holy Spirit is everywhere. Holy Spirit is inside of you. Now you need the Holy Spirit above you, over you. That's why Jesus said, when you, let's, 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 okay, let's get into the scripture quickly. Let's get into the scriptures soon. Like we'll go there, down there soon. So, but then, you know, Jesus said, you go and wait in the upper room and you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. When you receive the power, so remember, the presence of the Holy Spirit everywhere is different from the presence, abiding presence of the Holy Spirit inside of you at this time of salvation, and until your, your death, the presence of the Holy Spirit is going to be within you. But apart from this, Jesus said, you go and wait, so that you will be endured, you will be clothed, you will be poured out with the power of the Holy Spirit, and you need that power of the Holy Spirit to stand as a testimony for you, for me. And until Peter received, even though he was with Jesus, he had the abiding presence of Jesus inside of him, he was in need of the power of the Holy Spirit from above to go and do something for God. That was 2,000 years before. The theology has changed. Do you know that? The theology has changed now. Not to do anything for God. Even you want to survive as a Christ follower, you need that power of God in this time that we are living in. You need the power of God. The inner circle understood this fact very clearly. Number one, what they did, they obeyed. Can you say obeyed? <clears throat> Luke chapter 24, 49. Jesus spoke to the disciples and this is what he said. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry, tarry means what? Wait. Wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured, clothed, empowered, poured from above with the power from on high. This is different. If a church is not preaching this, 
that church is not preaching the full word of God, if the church is not preaching, this is a scripture, if the church is omitting Acts chapter 2 and say that the Acts chapter 2 belongs to 2,000 years ago and it doesn't belong now, that church is not preaching the theology properly. It's hiding something. And scripture says, Jesus said very clearly, you need to go and wait. Number one thing required to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit is what? Out loud, what? <laughs> Still out, out louder, what? Obedience. That's what we need to receive. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told you go and wait in the upper room. They just followed. They just followed. Obedience is the first step. Today, the voice to obey can come from different sources. It can come from word of God. Word of God is our foundation. It can come from the sermon that you receive. You listen to in YouTube or somewhere. Again, word of God is your foundation. You receive the sermon, listen to the sermon, and compare that with the word of God, and decide whether it is according to the word of God. Or, or you can go to church and the pastor preaches, and you listen to the preaching, and compare that with the word of God. What the word of, for that to know, for that to happen, you need to know the word of God. And compare that with the word of God and say, today I heard pastor preaching or some sister was praying or somebody was giving a testimony. I heard God was speaking to me. God was speaking to me. I must what? What? Out loud. I must what? I must to obey. Can you show that act of obedience? How long you want to show disobedience to the things of God? How long you want to walk away from the things of God? Disobeying God. If God has appointed some rulers, some authorities over you, it is better for you to obey. If you don't, if you don't obey and walk in, disobedience, walk in disobedience, it's not going to be a blessing. It's not going to be a blessing. When we have enough health, we need to serve God. And when you have enough health, when everything is going on well in your life, if we ask you to serve God, and if you don't, You need to give to God when you have everything or when you have nothing. Still you need to give to God. When you don't do it, He will incur a massive expense in your life that you find it difficult to meet. You need to obey. You need to obey what we say. We teach the word of God to you. Church, we need to obey. You need to walk in obedience. You need to know how, number one, first to obey. Number two, let's move on. What do we need to have? We need to have what? Hunger and thirst. We don't see that in churches today. There is no hunger and thirst. Church is one of the clubs that you attend every Sunday, every week. You take your children for tennis, you take your children for swimming, you take your children for music lesson, and where do you go on Sunday morning? I take my children, I take my family to church on Sunday morning. It stops there. It stops there. That's not what God is looking for. That's not what God is looking for. Can you come with me? Acts chapter 2, verses 12 to 14. Can you come with me? Can you read with me? Then they returned for what? To show obedience from the mount of Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. From few meters apart from the church, if you want to get up in the morning and come to church, you feel tired. 
I don't feel like today going to church because I need to get a bus. Until now, somebody was picking me up, but now you know what? If I go to this church, nobody is there to pick me up. Nobody will be there to pick you up. If you need to pick you, you need to be picked up and come to church. But I don't come to this church. You will not have anybody to pick you up. You have buses. Whenever people come to this church, sometimes we pick them up on the first day just to show the location where we are. Then we'll send them the bus route. We'll send them the bus route. That's how we want to teach them. We had enough learnings. We have enough learned enough lessons in this country after coming to this nation. They were journeying what? A Sabbath? When the Sabbath day starts for a Jew, any idea? Friday evening? And when it ends, any idea? Saturday evening? Sunday evening? Saturday night? They journeyed that much. That's what scripture says. They journeyed that much, verse 13. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room. Obedience. Where they were staying. And who are all there? Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. That Judas is gone, right? This is another Judas. And these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus. I thank God because mother of Jesus got anointed. And she spoke in tongues. Do you know that? The statue that is standing in front of a Catholic church, that doesn't speak anymore. But mother of Jesus, she was there in the crowd. She was there in the 120 and she spoke in tongues. That's what my scripture says. These are all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus. Woman is equally equipped to do the ministry. Women is equally equipped to do the ministry of God. If any church is preaching that women cannot preach, women cannot serve God, it is a false teaching according to the word of God. And I'm trying to educate you, I'm trying to help you. Mother of Jesus. Why mother of Jesus should have been anointed? To sow. To sow. To sow. And so these 120 on the 50th day, that Jesus, according to what Jesus said, they were just desperate. The simple message is, you will receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit if you are desperate. Not because we are asking you to come and pray. You won't get it. You won't receive it if you come that way. If you are desperate. Next Saturday, we are announcing a time that you can receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You need to start fasting when you want to start fasting. You need to just wait upon the Lord when you want to wait upon the Lord. If you are desperate, many of the miracles that Jesus performed happened not because of the power of Jesus, because of their faith. The desperation. Remember the women with the issue of the blood? Remember the blind Bartholomeus? Remember uh, the, the one who was blind totally or the one who, woman who could not even straight up. She was always bent, walked into the temple of God. Many of the miracles that took place just only because of their desperation. This morning is, are you desperate? Are you desperate for the power of the, to receive the power of the Holy Spirit? So secondly, we see hunger and thirst finally. What do we see there? Unity. Can you say Unity. 
Acts chapter 2 verse 1 Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were they were all with one accord in one place unity is very very important <clears throat> this unity and just stop the power of the Holy Spirit this unity not having unity can just stop the power of the Holy Spirit are you with me this morning are you with me this morning let's go to Psalm 133 what see what Bible says Psalm 133 can you read with me behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity and what is unity like unity is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garment for the lining it looks like for the lining of the Holy Spirit to flow through you need a beard it's interesting Aaron had a beard and we see the anointing of the Holy Spirit flowing through the beard of Aaron and it is running down through his beard and he had a long beard running through his garments you know that's how a priest is anointed when a priest is anointed he's anointed he's fully immersed into the anointing oil that's specially prepared for the anointing so on the day of Pentecost what is happening is a shadow and what happened in the Old Testament is a foreshadow of what really took place on the day of anointing of the Holy Spirit on the 50th day the Pentecost day of Pentecost and here Bible says how good it is for brethren to dwell together in unity and the unity is compared to the anointing of the Holy Spirit the flow of the Holy Spirit <clears throat> one mind this unity can come inside the church and that is powerful weapon of the enemy to stop everything that God wants to do that's the reason I was talking about the stage when you know when the power of the Holy Spirit moves we want just to have the perfect unity this unity can come inside the family if husband and wife or children if you are not together in this you cannot experience the power of God you cannot really experience the blessing of God not having unity is possible inside of you you have different directions you are pulled apart different things you are pulled apart with by you will not receive the power of the holy spirit tell you all the reasons